I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, dammit! Ah, we'll have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You wanted your file? I found you your file. You wanted out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you no use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I knows you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was gonna love me? Who, who was gonna make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets your shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost it right this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and I'm a skinny, ugly little wussy. And my name is Colin Drucker, and I'm on heroin, and Stacy's on crack. <laughs> <laughs> I should change my line to, like, I'm a, what's, uh, I'm a husky, ugly little wussy, because yeah. I, was, I was not skinny in middle school, I'll tell you that much. Did you ever get uh, folded into a recycling can? No, I, I no one dared. I mean, I don't I think mean, I'd fit. I'd be no. Stuck. Yeah, I mean, I guess you had that. You had that on your side. It's like no one's gonna push you into a garbage can. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> too heavy to lift. <laughs> it's not worth the effort, guys. Yeah. Leave them alone. Move along. <laughs> oh well, that's one way to get through elementary school. Yes. Well, here we are. Happy early birthday, Colin. Oh my God! Thank you so much. I the, I have I am. This is like the hours. I this is this is we say the hours level of exciting. This is the yeah. hours level of exciting this week. Oh, I can't wait to talk about this movie. A yes. Great choice. It holds up. It holds up oh. in like a '90s weird way. You know, I I got it was like a fucking water slide. I was swept away before I knew what hit me. <laughs> yes, and that of course is uh, as you as you know from the title, unless you know you just Russian roulette it is 1996's. House arrest, birthday girl's choice, mm. and what a great choice! I, you know, I, I really this was, and I, and I would imagine for you know a lot of folks our age, who knows, but this was one of those movies that I don't remember ever seeking it out as a kid. I think this was the I had HBO as a kid, or you know uh, the TBS Saturday afternoon movie, or USA Characters Welcome. It was one of those things where inevitably. House Arrest and I ran into each other over the years, and it was kind of that that thing where, like, if it was on, I was like, yeah, I'll watch House Arrest. Yeah. But at whatever point I joined the story, I'll watch House Arrest. I feel like it could be a movie that parents would like to watch, too. It's one of those movies where it's like, yeah, marriage is, uh, it's work. <laughs> I mean, that was, like, that was surprising to me. I had kind of forgotten how much this was a... You know, it's kind of like what Pixar tries to do, where it's like there is like the fun story the kids love, and then there's like the devastating story that the parents cry to. You know, I know it has it has everything. I was so enamored with this movie, and so many core memories, so yeah. many core memories. So, had do you remember like when you'd first seen this? Was this a birthday party movie? How did how did you find House Arrest as a kid? I don't know. I mean, I was 10 when it came out. So I feel like that's a good that's a good age to see this. And I don't know if I saw it in theaters. I don't really remember how I saw it. But I remember every single core memory is about food, 
<laughs> of course. Uh-huh. Of course. Husky. Yeah, let's talk um, about that husky, you know, husky pair of jeans <laughs> over there. Yeah. Even even like so like down to the blue gel on top of the cake that was like the water and I remember that cake looked so good mm. and the pieces were so big. Uh-huh. They were layered. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And the Pop-Tarts and the sandwiches they slide under the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, of course, we talked about the cereal, the Crunchberry Burgers. Oh my God, Crunchberry Burgers. Yeah, I mean, I I wrote down the ingredients. It's not that complicated, so we can we can make it happen. It looks like all you have to do is mix up Crunchberries, peanut butter, marshmallows, chocolate syrup, and then just grill them on a smoking skillet pan. <laughs> I was just gonna say, oh, the smoke. The smoke alarm would be going off within seconds, and it does. And it does I feel, yeah. yeah. Um, and and there's always, I feel like, and, and the only other movie I can think of is like, and this movie does have vibes of "Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead," but I feel like in movies like this and that, inevitably, lots of waffles get made. Oh yes, those waffles look good. Mm, a movie waffles. I I would love to like have a list of like best supporting waffles. I can't think of any movie right now, but I know exactly what you mean. It's, yeah. They, they just, they just, oh, I love a good breakfast. It always drives me crazy. And I feel like we've talked about this before on the pod when like the mom is making this amazing breakfast. You got waffles, you got eggs, you got bacon, orange juice, coffee, and everyone runs out the door. I would never run out the door. Yeah. You shove one triangle of toast in your mouth and go, bye mom. Thanks. Gotta yeah. go. And the dad says, just a coffee for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no. she's like, don't forget your lunch. Yeah. Ugh. If I was, but I'll tell you what, if I was that mom and the whole fucking family was out of the house and it was just me alone with like all those pancakes, I would be like, jokes on you, Joker. Yeah, I would smoke a joint and then yep. eat it all. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Let me put all of this onto my little, my little kitchen tray, yes. bring this into the living room, turn on the television, turn on Vanderpump Rules, exactly. and then just go for it. And then just yeah. go for it. And like, honestly, God, I wish I was a stay at home mom who made too much breakfast. It's a dream. I mean, I wanted, I would want the kids to be old enough to be in school. You know, I don't know oh, if I'd yeah. be able to have them. If like having a dog has taught me anything, it's just like, uh, you know, next time if we ever get another dog, uh, you know, they're gonna be three years or up. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait till the training wheels are off. Yes, and, yes, yeah, yes. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like you know, if I were to live another life as as a mom, I want them to be in school and then have after school activities like. Because, you know, of course I want a gay son, so I want him to do theater after school. So he's busy. My husband picks him up after work. You know what I mean? Yes. And yes. so then, like, my daughter comes home. My daughter. My daughter comes home after, <laughs> my like, lost daughter. my lost daughter comes home after, like, field hockey. And that keeps her busy till, like, 4.30 or 5 because she's a lesbian, which is great. Perfect. And then she and I hang out, which I love. And uh, maybe watch some Oprah, you know? Yes. Uh, and then... I don't know. This is I. I now I'm sorry. I'm just lost in this fantasy life yeah, where I in barely bed by have, eight. Yeah, I barely have to see my family, and I get to eat all of their leftover pancakes. Uh you know. I love it. It's good to make wishes on your birthday. You know. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, uh, speaking of wish, one of my wishes was for us to do the movie House Arrest, and so here we are. And honestly, I, especially given the Oscar nominations that were just announced. I feel like this was an entirely relevant choice for this podcast. It totally was. And I'm sure we'll fully unpack it in the best supporting after show, but Jamie Lee Curtis, Oscar nominee. 
it just i'm just so you know it was like i don't well we'll talk about it in the after show like sure. i just needed to see her name on that little screenshot and you broke the news to me so Ooh, you get that, that honor you sent me the screenshot and i was like all right colin pause the television put on your glasses let's this you're gonna rem this is an important moment you know and now here we are yeah i mean oh my gosh so many exciting things to happen and some and some snubs but you know uh hop on over to patreon everyone and sign up for the best supporting after show and you can hear us talk all about it yeah oh i can't wait yeah it's gonna be nice well house arrest 1996 house arrest so this is this was written by uh christopher guest regular husband of jamie lee curtis michael hitchcock oh i love that yeah how do you like that little connection so That's perfect um yeah he was in best in show and waiting for guffman i feel like he was probably also in i think he was in a mighty wind and for your consideration i'm pretty sure i feel like i don't remember those as well but uh yeah so he wrote this which i thought was kind of an intro i always feel like um i don't know that sort of informed it for me that i was like oh this isn't just some kids movie hack job writer you know yeah, I feel like it had substance. I feel like it, I think it was like just under two hours or something, but it flew by. I was I was totally swept away, like you said, and um, I, I really loved it. I can't wait to dive in. Well, let's, let's set it up. So, uh, I mean, you know, we're off to a rough start in that we meet Grover, who has aged into uh, Kyle Howard, uh, who has aged just like, like a fine low. he is so cute uh but he looks like a little mushroom in this movie like <laughs> the haircut that little that haircut was in that was it was in i remember that cut yeah. and he's you know wearing a pair of sunglasses which was troublesome you know kids in sunglasses Ooh, in the 90s I, know. You know? Oh, I forgot about the intro yeah that's right yeah yeah so we know that he doesn't die at any point in the story you know yes there's no like the, the police don't like blow him into you know confetti at some point towards the end and he sets yeah. us up of, you know, this crazy thing that happened with his family. And uh, the short and the long of it is that it is uh, his parents' anniversary coming up. Janet and Ned, played by Oscar nominee Jamie Lee Curtis. And Kevin Pollack, who I don't know what his awards history is, but Kevin Pollack, who actually, let's just ask the most important question. Is Kevin Pollack kind of cute? I mean, that Defiance Ohio baseball t-shirt, yes. Like, the answer is yes. Yeah, like sitting back, playing the ukulele in the baseball uh, t-shirt. That's it. He's, I love a baseball t-shirt on yeah. any guy. That that old, that's points. It's there. a home run right there. Yeah, there yeah. it is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he saved it. He'll at least get the third base. Yeah. <laughs> I, He's yeah. not no shortstop. <laughs> I do feel like he is tiny, though. But, you know, Keon's 5'6", so I'm into it. Yeah, oh, I uh, I love a little, I, you know, short, it's always short king season in my- That's right. I think Kyle Howard, I looked it up too, I think he's like 5'7", so that's that's pretty good. Yeah, and Kevin Pollock's 5'5", five, five, which, ugh. Whoa. Yeah, 5'5", five, five, perfect. 5'2", five, and I'm just going to like melt, you know? <laughs> oh my God. I like a guy who's the same height as my Wear mother. Like a backpack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, as your mother? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, no, but you're right. I was totally into him. Yeah. Uh, 1190s dad. I love, there's also that he just, I think that was also like, he had a great 90s dad energy. And I, like we see in the beginning that Grover has his little, uh, his little friend, Matt, uh, you know, uh, Anna Conkle. <laughs> yes, honestly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, played by the actress' name is Mookie Arizona, who only appears in this movie and the movie Camp Nowhere, and then I assume disappeared back to the commune where the Arizonas live. Yeah, right. It's like such a specific archetype of the best friend, but I I knew those people. Like I know, I I like remember those guys from middle school, but like. Like, very feminine features. He was, like, going through puberty as this movie was filming. I, I feel voice like... Crack. Yeah, I feel like I'm remembering a lot of voice cracks from from Matt. But uh, And Matt's, I guess, a bit of a, an AV nerd. And so he puts sure. together this little anniversary VHS for Grover uh, and his sister Stacy. Uh, sister Potato Head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she reminds me of the girl, like the Pepsi girl from the commercials. You know? What oh I mean? yeah, like a Curly Sue type. Uh huh. I remember her. She was um, she was a little actress too. She was in some movies. Yeah, she was in dimples. that movie Beautiful with Minnie Driver that Sally Field directed, and it's terrible. Oh, I don't even. I maybe I know that. Oh, I don't know. I don't she's think I do. Jesse Eisenberg's sister. No She's way. She's like Haley Eisenberg was her name. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Amy. Cause no, not Stacy played by Amy Sackasitz, which I, oof, that's a rough name to go through middle school with, I that's, feel. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like she had an opportunity to go to Hollywood and change her name. And she's like, no, you know what? I, I'm going to make Sackasitz famous, you know? Yeah. Good on you. Good on you. And you know what? To her credit, she was also in Dennis the Menace. Have we talked oh. about Dennis the Menace? I feel like you like that movie. I loved that movie. Yeah. I feel like there was, didn't we talk about like, like Joan Plowright's great in that movie? Oh yeah. She has that amazing. I mean, she's got some layers in that movie. Like she, she kind of yells at Mr. Wilson at one point because like, I, you know, like he didn't really want kids, but she kind of did and they never had them. And like Dennis gets to spend the night and she tucks him in and she like reads that beautiful poem to him. Ugh, she's great. Wow. I mean, who knows? Joan I know right and Dennis the Menace uh, as an episode I, I don't know would, I, yeah I would kind of love that actually I I mean I'll say this up front I have I mean because we've now done uh we did a little princess we did the witches I feel like there was another movie from our childhoods that we did recently but I am oh it takes two obviously oh that's the right it takes two episode I'm I'm loving this I am having I'm enjoying these kids movies there are other ones I want to do now I mean uh as I was watching this, it was reminding me of the movie Carpool. Do you remember Carpool? I don't know Carpool. I'm sorry. Oh, well, that's a weird one that I need to revisit. But, you know, Rhea Perlman's in it, so you love her. I love her. I'm looking at the cast of Dennis the Menace. Natasha Lyonne is in it. Wow. Um, and, of course, we have Christopher Lloyd playing that, like, homeless guy who eats too many beans at the end. Oh, I remember that, yeah. Dennis the Menace, Mason Gamble, he's grown up. He's a handsome lad. Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, uh, I saw that he's, he has a very, as we were talking about, like, um, cabaret last week on the after show, he, he has a, a max quality. Yes, yes, and Ben Stein's in it too, and Ben Stein was in this movie, so wow. Ben Stein, just showing up everywhere, and, yeah. uh, you know, didn't he have, oh, it was Win Ben Stein's Money, do you remember that yes, show? Yes, I remember that show, I, I remember I would watch it, but I never really enjoyed watching it, but I watched it. 
I couldn't agree more. I don't think I ever enjoyed it ever. Yeah. But I was like, I guess this is on, so whatever. Do you know what? It was also on Comedy Central at the same time. Do you remember the show Make Me Laugh? No. Oh, it was like where, it, you know, there was the comedians would like try to make contestants laugh. You know, they'd do a little bit. And like if, the, if you could not laugh, that you would advance to the next round. And, you know, uh, oh, that was the whole conceit. But, yeah, Make Me Laugh. I remember watching that. And I feel like I may have thought the host was cute. And now I feel like I might regret saying that on a podcast in front of people. But That's okay. Um, you felt what you felt. I felt what I felt. You know what? Uh, I am who I am. And, uh, <laughs> it's your birthday week. Yeah. Kay? It's my birthday week. Okay? Like who I want. Okay? <laughs> uh, anyway. So Grover and Stacy, uh, they've got this anniversary gift for Janet and Ned, who then reveal to them, like, what? We're getting separated. Yeah, the bomb drops. Bomb drops. Uh, and, and at this point, we've also established that, yes, Grover is uh, a, a total nerd at school. This is such a 90s movie where, like, the bullies are right out of a Lars von Trier movie. Like, they are so mean. It's always Dogville High. Yeah, TJ, played by Herbert Russell, who I was not convinced that this was not i don't know if i use too many double negatives there but i thought this was zachary mcknight who plays dave on happy endings do you know who i'm talking about oh yes i do i like i shot out of my chair lucy like flew across the room i was <laughs> like wait and it wasn't i really thought it was him like there's one point where he like kind of gets and i i that would have been like such a great disguise i was like ready to text you and then i realized it wasn't yeah i don't think i'd ever you know, thought that, but I can see the connection. Uh, I'll send like a screenshot or something. It's, I mean, if I can. Yeah. Well, the adult <laughs> Herbert I, Russell looks very different than Dave. He looks, I know, right? He looks like a Herbert Russell who works at like an H&R Block. Yes, yes. Yeah. But I guess he's still acting. He's still in stuff. So oh, good, good for, for him. him. Unlike Amy Sackasitz, who, you know, Sackasitz in this one out, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. There's so many things we could do. <laughs> She got sacked as sits. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, uh, anyway, point being that, yes, we do see TJ, who's just, like, furious at Grover's existence. Uh, and we get to see a little bit of Jennifer Love Hewitt as people only in the 90s were named Brooke Figler. Uh, Brooke Figler. Brooke Figler, who didn't have a quarter. And the mean cashier lady, who I feel like I've seen in 10,000 things, was like, you're going to have to just go wash dishes, honey. Like, you know, you're expelled. But thank God Grover had a quarter for her. Yeah, that that's I don't think that would happen in real life. There'd be some, you know, you can make an exception. Yeah, quarter it, was a lot back then, though. I guess it was. It was 1996. You know, yeah. the economy was good back then. I don't know. Uh, Wasn't it? I, was I feel 11. like it was. I yeah, don't know. I was 11. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, he I guess, you know. Thanks to, you know, Matt suggesting like, oh, man, you're going to have to just like lock your parents in a closet and have them fight it out. Grover and Stacy get the idea of, oh, let's basically let's lure our parents into the basement and have a Hawaii honeymoon themed basement party. And then we'll lock you down here and nail the door shut and hope that you work it out. I mean, it works, though, because I when I was going into this, I was like, there's I mean, in a realistic world. Kevin Pollock would have like 
plow the door open, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it just kind of works. It works enough that, that they make it happen too. And I remember they, I mean, that's a lot of work that they pulled off for such short a time with that Hawaiian, uh, fantasy down there in the and that cake too. yeah oh that cake no it was nice uh and so then he tells matt about it the next day in the bathroom and then tj just happens to be in a stall and overhears it and then puts his unwashed hands all over grover's face did you notice that oh i did not i yeah. but um it's funny. I feel like the group chat might be divided. I feel like you and Jody love washing your hands, and Amanda and I don't care. We care, but we don't care. And Keon is on team wash your hands. For those wondering, I do wash my hands, but sometimes I don't, and it drives Keon crazy. Like if I'm making food or something like that, I'm not like picking up dog shit in the backyard and going right to like <laughs> cut make a sandwich. Right, you know what I mean? Right, but I, yeah. I'm pretty lax about it. So, yeah. I I think that I am I'm maybe somewhere in the middle, okay. but I I felt like in this situation I was like, oh, TJ, like so, something tells me you're the kind of guy who really needs to wash his hands right now. Oh yeah, he's gross. He's that disgusting. hair alone. Yeah, there's just it just is always a good call, good precaution for TJ Krupp to wash his hands. <laughs> TJ Krupp. TJ Krupp, and so. Matt and TJ both get the brilliant idea of like, well, hey, well, you're locking your parents in the basement. How about we assemble our character actor parents to come get locked in your basement as well? Oh, my gosh. This uh, cast. This cast. And so, so it's many like, alums. So many alums. Podcast. Right. I mean, it's worth mentioning. We meet uh, darling of the podcast, Caroline Aaron, like five minutes into the movie. Yeah, because she's having trouble. She's having trouble with the kids because she's like uh, Matt's like stepmom, like second stepmom, basically. Somehow Wallace Shawn is just pulling wives every. I was just gonna say, out of all the people, every single person in this cast is what we covered on a previous episode. Wallace Shawn was in Clueless. Oh, that's right. Yes. Oh, that's right. Caroline Aaron in uh, Hello, My Name Is Doris. And uh, Working Girl. She had a small girl. role in Working Girl. I remember that, Oh, maybe too. we never did a movie with Kevin Pollack. Maybe he's the newcomer. And I guess Jamie Lee, so I lied. No, well, uh, yes. I, I I was thinking the same of like, oh, I can't believe this is our first Jamie Lee Curtis movie. But uh, still, that doesn't mean that we don't have a lot of alums because we've had Caroline Aaron and Wallace Shawn as, as Matt's parents or, you know, yeah. father and stepmother. Alum of the podcast, uh, Colleen Camp from Clue appears yes. briefly as one of TJ's father's, uh, I don't know, clients who he's yeah. like putting frosting in her mouth in his I office. Know, it's very intimate, yeah. to say the least. It's a tiny role for Mrs. Burtis. I know. Yeah. But TJ's father is played by uh, co-star of Hacks, Christopher McDonald. Yes. And I feel like he must have turned up in something else that we've talked about because he's in everything. He really is. He's one of those guys. And he can get it, too. I'm kind of oh, yeah. that stash. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He, uh, I, I feel like, and like super young Christopher McDonald, you know. like Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, it's uh, that like cocky energy. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. And then, and then I turn into a Gwenna Krupp, you know. Uh, I'm so glad we have that foundation of stepping out. Yeah. So we could enjoy her even more so in this movie. Gwenna Krupp played by alum Sheila McCarthy, 
who who's also in that movie women talking whenever we do that we'll see her again in that oh love that yeah but she plays a very similar role to what she played in stepping out i would say as kind of yeah the, it's kind of her i don't want to say shtick but you know it's what she's what she gets hired to do and she does it well she brings the nuance she brings Lots of layers. Yeah, she's you know she's sort of the stepped-on wife of the tough guy, and you know I feel like in this she's obviously she's you know uh, well a few years older than stepping out, but she feels uh, she's not as as kind of forlorn for as long as her character is stepping out. She, you know yes. she smashes cake in her husband's face like halfway through the movie, so yeah, we know Gwen is going to have a coming out of her own. She's also got kind of a, did you see this at all, like sort of a Clorious Leachman quality in this movie? Ooh, I don't know, but I feel like I can see it like in the nose, you know? Yeah. I mean? She has like that bird-like nose. Um, I didn't see it, I guess, if I'm being honest, but um, I'm excited that you did. Yeah, well, you know what? Clorious Leachman, an alum of the podcast. Uh, so, you know, uh, down the line, she's almost in this movie, basically. That's right. And Jennifer Tilly plays Brooke's uh, mother, who seems to have some real some real Freudian issues, uh, Cindy Figler. I love that name. I don't. I can't imagine a real human being having the name Cindy Figler, but it's a perfect name. It def it rolls off the tongue. Yeah, Cindy Figler. Cindy, Cindy Figler is is Brooke's mom, who you know once Brooke gets gets sucked into this whole plan, uh, invites her mom to to join the basement crowd. And Jennifer Tilly, of course, we talked about in the Bullets Over Broadway episode. As Latrice Royale said, one set. Academy <laughs> Award nominee Jennifer Tilly. It doesn't get any better than that. It just doesn't. <laughs> and, you know, because she shows up a little bit later. So once, like, the initial, like, group is down there, I was like, wait a minute. Who does Jennifer Tilly? When does she show up? Yeah. And and she's great. I mean, she just this is, of course, is such a classic Jennifer Tilly role. She gets to put on, you know, have the little voice and she gets to kind of baby be, basically be like the sex kitten in the baby doll dress. Yeah, I feel like her and Jennifer Coolidge should do a movie together. It's very similar trajectories of like the characters that they've played and the energy that they bring to like every project. Oh, God, I know. I mean, you know, it, it's just like inevitably it's like, oh, Jennifer Tilly and the White Lotus, you know? I know. I thought of that at watching this. I was like, that's the perfect substitute there. But give her give her something. I would actually like to see most of this cast at the White Lotus. I'd like to see Caroline Aaron at the White Lotus. Oh, my God. I I would pass out. I right. Think. I'd like to see Jamie Lee Curtis at the White Lotus. It would be so good. I'd love to see Jamie Lee Curtis in a Mike White production. And like given, obviously, I mean, she's great in everything, everyone, everywhere, all the time at the, at the same point. <laughs> she's so good in that. And I would love to see her do like the like the White Lotus kind of like fights, like the role that like Connie Britton had in the first season, you know? Yes, I was just gonna say put her in a Knives Out movie, but she was in a Knives Out movie. She yes, was in the she first was. one. Yeah, yeah, playing she... a very unlikable character. But you're right. I I do. She's got comedic chops, and she'll go there. Yeah, she's really. I mean, I I really love Janet in this. I think that she same. She's a great mom. She. I mean, you know, the the narrative with Janet is she's like the uptight type A mom who's putting labels on everything and laminates everything and. Um, but I I don't know. It's Jamie Lee Curtis, so I'm kind of like, well, I don't know. She, I I feel like she's got good reasons, you know? 
Yeah, I feel like I I know I'm getting old because I'm about to say this, but I feel like she's just so thin. <laughs> you oh, know what I mean? No. It's such an old grandma thing to say. I'm like, oh my gosh, she was so thin, but she was. Yeah, rock and bod. Yeah, she had, she did because I feel like this was right around her True Lies era. Oh my gosh, True I, Keon could not stop talking about the idea of us doing True Lies. Oh, so good. maybe for his birthday in November or something, we'll have him on, or <laughs> yeah, know, at least have him sit in the room and he can give us a tidbit or two or something. Yeah. Oh, that would be fun. I mean, I'm I am totally down for it. I feel like that's been like. I, Obviously, when we started this podcast, and we often will like go to you know you kind of go to where the land is fertile for best supporting actresses, you know these prestige pictures and these obviously these Oscar nominees and these Oscar Oscar winners. But like, there's something about like finding a Jamie Lee Curtis and House Arrest performance, you know, where it's like, ugh, or, or Jamie Lee Curtis and True Lies, where like I like finding kind of the the unexpected BSA, you know? Yeah. She's great in it. I yeah. feel like you're really gonna. You you've seen it or has it been a while? It's been a million years. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I say that, and I feel like I saw it like seven years ago, but I do remember a couple of really great scenes with her. It's yeah. great. It's like um, what were we saying last week about like, it's like a an actress sexuals type of movie. I think we were talking about the Banshees of Inisherin. Uh huh. Yeah. How? Yeah. yeah. It's like definitely like the actress sexuals like movie for like men's stories yeah yeah and i feel like true lies is like the action movie equivalent of like an actress sexual uh mm -hmm. you know yeah from what i remember maybe i will convince myself otherwise but it's good anyway true lies coming to a podcast near you yeah true lies, true lies. <laughs> <laughs> i do love jamie lee's line or janet's line of well you hate my hair <laughs> I love when yeah. she said that. That was almost my opening line. I just like when they start to bicker. Yeah, yeah, because it, it's, you know, the, after the first night, they managed to kind of say, hey, you know what, guys? It worked. You can let us out. We talked through everything. And then as, as Grover's, I don't know, pulling the nails off the door, then, of course, they start to bicker. And, you know, I, I'll say this. In moments like that and, like, in many moments in this movie, maybe this is me getting older, but I – I feel like I was on the parent side. I was like, let me out of the fucking basement. Yeah. You little monster children. You devil spawn. I am going to rip off your heads and beat you to death with them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I agree. It's like, it all like, it's set up really well though because it's like the unfinished basement there's enough room there's enough stuff it, i almost feel like there's like a like a box of old clothes you know that everyone can wear there's mm -hmm. no shower down there i'll tell you that no at least from what we saw and how long do you think they were down there colin i mean i i it had to be at least a few days it was definitely a few days maybe four three four days i mean yeah it, it's important to mention now that there is essentially a pittsburgh potty down there there is a Pittsburgh toilet, it, yes. It's sort of a, you know, unfinished bathroom, you know, but uh, there's no wall. There's a bit of a wall, and then the door is, you know, in some cases, Louise holding up a blanket and singing, but my eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the <laughs> yes, Lord. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Um, yeah, it's nuts. I, I, there was a part of me that... I don't know, like felt a little like my throat was closing up a little bit. I was like, oh, God, you're really fucking trapped down there. Yeah, the cement. Mm -hmm. It's like that's they really went. And in my mind, I was like, OK, well, maybe it's a Friday going into a weekend. But, you know, they I think um, Ned talks about he's like, well, I, I work at blah, blah, blah. Well, at least I used to. 
Um, so yeah. it had to have gone. Yeah, they get all those work calls or whatever. So it's. I think at one point he says to Janet, like, we've been locked in here since our, we, our kids have had us locked in the basement since Thursday. Whoa. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like, the, yeah, let's say this has been Thursday through Sunday, which is, which is five days too long as far as I'm concerned. That's, oh my gosh. Two weeks too long as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, they should have showed us a shower. You know what I mean? Because everyone's pretty well kempt you know yeah and, and wearing i mean for the most part you know the same clothes unless you change into a a dominion baseball tee or yes. uh, jamie lee curtis who i guess finds some old some old you know uh sweatpants i i don't remember where she found those clothes when she changed out of her dress that's true i don't know either but yeah. she has a couple costume it. changes because then she splits her pants after she falls out of the laundry chute and then she makes herself a little dress out of, I don't know, like an old sheet. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. To have the dexterity to climb that laundry thing, I, I would never. Oh, yeah. That was I that was her diehard right moment. Yeah. That is. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this is it, – it's it, it's kind of like, they you know, all these kids get their parents locked in the basement. And then it's like, okay, well, now what the fuck are you going to do? And their plan, Grover's plan is like, all right, now we're going to facilitate group therapy in the basement. And – I felt like I mentioned Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter is Dead earlier, but similar to that or like Home Alone, there's a lot of the house also getting kind of destroyed, either from like the other kids like, you know, dicking around uh, and, and, you know, having food fights or like drilling huge holes in the floor so that they can like lower a camera to yes. and speakers to interact with their with, with the parents. There's something about that. Maybe again, this is me getting older where I'm like, oh my God, the level of damage that this house is sustaining, you know? Yeah. I feel if I was Jamie Lee Curtis, I'd be at the top of the stairs, just screaming the entire time at the kids. Like I, yeah, I, I am totally team Grover. I think he handles it appropriately when he starts to yell at everyone. Cause someone has to, he knows what they're doing that th he didn't, cause it, they kind of take it to the next level. They bring a snake they bring a dog. Oh, yeah. I mean, because they already had poor Flossie. They have a cat. I think her name was Flossie. Flossie. I who like I was that. very concerned. Does the dog die? I had no information for me. Oh, jeez. So I was like, oh, because I got so worried because they had sweet little Flossie. And then I then and then they brought, you know, uh, Cooper, Casper, whatever, this, this, you know, bulldog, TJ's bulldog. And then TJ brings a snake. And I thought there's a snake and a bulldog and Flossie. I mean... This is rock, paper, scissors, but Flossie is always the one that loses, you know? Yeah. Oh, God. But luckily, she gets chased around a little bit. But otherwise, Flossie uh, sustains no harm. And it's actually, if you watch through the credits, she is the final shot in the movie. Did you see this? No way. I watched the dance-off, like everyone kind of getting their Hawaiian groove on. But I, I think eventually I was like, all right, it's over. But... Well, I continued on, and there was just like kind of because then it shows the the old neighbor. Uh, what's his oh, name? Yes, yeah, Chief know. Rocco Ray yeah. Walt, Walston's character, like spying on them from the bushes in the in the you know on the island. And, oh yeah, and then it's like there's a a shot of maybe like I don't know maybe it's the snake or the dog, and then the final shot is Flossie just sitting there like in a little chair on the beach wearing a little lay, and then the cat like it, it does that kind of like 
that Looney Tunes circle close in on her, and then that's the end. Oh, I love that. And it was what a just, BSA moment. What a BSA moment, Flossie, for what she went through. Ugh, I hope she found like a bed to hide under. That's what I would do. Yeah, I mean, I feel like she Grover seemed to find retreat all the way upstairs. It seemed like he had an attic bedroom, by the way. Oh yeah, that bedroom was so. Co- this house is so cool. It's like such a '90s house, but I would have loved that. Bedroom. Yeah, this was not just like the second floor. This was definitely you know up in an eave somewhere. But I feel like Flossie probably felt safe up there as well. I'd hope so. Yeah. So, oh my God, uh, things I want to talk about. Yeah, let's break it down. I mean, who should we? I know we talked a little bit about Ned and Janet. Um, where do you want to go? Well, you know, I think what we need to get out of the way, first of all, it's almost like a warning for anyone watching who hasn't seen this movie. I feel like they need to be made aware of two very egregious musical montages. Oh, I could only have, yeah, I know the the conga line, the conga. I mean, I forgot that there were two and that was what really killed me. So the music in this movie, Love Will Keep Us Together is a fucking bop. It is. I do love that song. Those key changes, is that what it is, what she's doing? Which she goes, the wah, and then she kind of goes like, is, is that a key change in the song? I don't know. And then she like I repeats the part. chorus again. I don't know. I don't remember a key change in there, but I could be wrong. Ooh, I don't know. Okay. Well, anybody out there, help me out. Whatever, whatever, because this is what's Captain and Tennille, right? Uh, yes. But yeah, I... This song, oh my God. I was like, this song is so good. This is so good. And so that's where the music in this movie really stopped because then, I don't know at what point, a third of the way into the movie, maybe a bit more, the this is when the kids need to start making the Crunchberry Burgers. And I just, I remembered that there would be a setting the table montage. I didn't know I was going to get a Crunchberry Burgers montage. This music, I... I could probably edit in a little bit so people know what I'm talking about. I don't know why, because both montages have very similar kind of, I don't know, just a similar layer of cheese, a similar layer. Yep. And I, I, why, 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 you know, why? I know, it's just like a fun way for the kids to have some... A good time, but I, it's not necessary. I really, you're right. There's two of them. We don't need it. We don't need it. And the first one I could almost like, I can accept uh, a, a, we're, we're making Crunchberry burgers and we're having a food fight. Yes. That's, yeah, yeah. I was like okay all right fine like it kind of exists in the real world and like obviously i need all everything in this movie to be entirely realistic but then later they decide to make a nice dinner and there is this extended setting the table montage that yeah includes conga lines and lots of like hopping on one leg and then catching a plate and then putting it down on the table i did it you know and and I know that I'm just, like, yelling at people for having fun, but I the way that I just, like, shrunk into the couch, I, it just – it was so – it might be 
it might be worse. I don't even. I don't think "Come From Away" ever made me cringe like this. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I will say, I feel like TJ is the worst. Um, yes. And you often wonder because, like, sometimes they edit the music in afterwards or something. So, like, are they good dancers that just like? you know the music wasn't lined up or something and it kind of works and kind of doesn't i was it a trope of 90s movies to do that but i i can't really think of any other so okay so i think it, it had a few thoughts i i feel like this this idea of kind of like dancing around the kitchen is is a bit of a trope I feel like they did this way back when in like the big chill in the eighties, which uh funny connection co-starred Meg Tilly, Jennifer Tilly's older sister. Oh, so how do you like that connection? Love that. Uh but then I I think they also did this in practical magic when they like make margaritas at night and they dance around the kitchen. Do you know do you know this? Do you know this? I reference? don't know practical magic either. I'm sorry. Diane Weist and Margot Martindale are in it. So Whoa. and Sandra Bullock. So I mean, uh I, I, yeah. So it's good. We did a we did an alright scary on it once. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I, I remember seeing that episode, but I haven't I, I hadn't watched it, so I I skipped it. But I will say I'm disrespectful. <laughs> I thought you'd listen to every episode. I do. Um the the one thing I will say about um this montage is like I feel like they're they're not working towards something. I'd rather see them like pouring cement in the windows and like making sure like they're just setting the table. There's like there's no real higher goal here besides just like having a nice dinner, which again, don't use the fine china. Uh, Jamie Lee, I'd be at the top of the stairs. Oh yeah, it's a lot of fanfare for like like I think to to use Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead for an example awesome musical montage of them cleaning up that house which is like the most satisfying part of that movie yes oh scrubbing the pool tossing the garbage bags painting the walls like it you know it it just makes me feel good to see that house get cleaned up because it's so cluttered but it's all towards like an ultimately like goal of like then having the fashion show anyway that's a great movie i i could even do an episode on that on this podcast with i've never seen it not like a lick of it isn't it crazy? Are you kidding me? I don't know where I was. Are I'm, you I'm, kidding me? So you don't know yeah, what we're I, talking about right now. I don't. I mean, I knew I, I love a cleaning montage, so I could I can I can get on board with that, but not the one from that movie. I don't know it. I don't know her. Wow. <laughs> I know. I I mean. Oh, you want to watch a movie? <laughs> Come on over. I you need to see. Oh my God. Wow, you're so lucky. You're so fucking lucky. I know. It's like, it's kind of my thing that I've not seen anything. So I do love saying, especially when people get really like, you have like, your reaction is like, perfect you know what i mean but i've also been on the opposite side being like you've never seen that oh my god but oh i, I try not to do that anymore but yeah it's like that you're so lucky like oh my gosh can't wait for you to watch it so oh yeah yeah i it really is like it, it's gonna give you such good 90s feelings and it's christina applegate we love her it's and she's phenomenal and joanna cassidy as Rose is iconic. Oh, I mean, you know, right on top of that Rose, like, you know, that quote, right? I know that line, but yeah. I, I don't really know the context. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm so, <gasps> this is so exciting. 
Oh, this is so <laughs> exciting. Um, it, it really, we could absolutely do uh, a Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead episode at some point. Joanna Cassidy, that. Rose is a great BSA in that movie. So, oh, that makes me feel good. Um, Add it to the list. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, so anyway, anyway, she, uh, that is, uh, once you see that, you'll see how it's reminiscent of House Arrest. And uh, Grover is kind of like Christina Applegate's character where he's the one who's like, all right, that's it. We got to get our shit together, you know? Um, yes. They, I, I don't think, they try to have some group therapy sessions, but they fall apart incredibly quickly. And, um, yeah. but I mean, to Grover's credit, it does seem like this does bring everyone together in a way. Uh, for example, one night Louise and Vic have sex. Did you notice that? I think I did. Yeah, like in between two sheets, like randomly. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's. I guess it's the night after they they've had some booze. They've had champagne. some booze. Yeah, yes. yeah. And maybe that this is when they've turned the power out. It's just they've they've gotten a taste of power, I suppose. And yeah, they get some champagne, and um, I think this is after they've tried to escape through the laundry hatch, and then you know it was like she fell she i'll always remember the slow motion of janet like falling out of the laundry chute landing on the trampoline and then slowly like lowering into into ned's arms and laughing i always thought oh like when i was a kid whenever i saw that scene i always thought oh my god this is when they fall back in love again yeah she does her own stunts that jamie lee yes she does uh but and what's interesting is like what and you know yeah the neighbor chief rocco was like you know always snooping he's got that awful dog and you know you kind of think okay like this is all going to come to a head but what's interesting is i feel like what like what kind of threw a wrench in the mix was then ben stein showing up you know an hour and 15 minutes into the movie to deliver divorce papers that janet had kind of gotten drawn together just because she thought it was a good idea and um and it's and I think that was where like something like that like the way Grover reacts like he gets very upset and like very emotional and he you know uh, storms out of the house and he rides his bike away and he you know can't even get it up that hill, uh, <laughs> but I felt like oh this movie is so like dollars to donuts Michael Hitchcock's parents got divorced so this is some child of divorce trauma stuff going on here yes. and I was impressed I was impressed that like that was the twist was not some kids movie contrivance but like the reality like the bigger adult reality hitting grover that like this is so much more than like the stupid idea i had yeah because i imagine i mean it's obviously different with every case of divorce uh, is like that you want to depending on the age of the kids too unless you just want to tell them you know everything that it's like it's a separation Mm-hmm. It's not a divorce, but you know, sometimes it is just divorce, but I, I like that build. Like you said, I think it, it adds to the movie and it's, I don't know. It just kind of, it's, it would be, um, you know, a lesser movie wouldn't have written that in. Right. It would have just been like trying to, you know, escape from, you know, the nosy neighbor, you know? Uh, yeah. Because then it also like adds, I love the idea of like, um, Oh, what's his name? Uh, Donald Christopher McDonald. That's so funny. His name's Donald. Yeah. 
Uh, anyway, um, he starts hacking away at the cement, and no one seems to be like helping him because not that they don't want to escape. He's just kind of an asswipe, uh, for lack of a better word. Um, yeah. And you know, once uh, once Ned finds out that Janet drafted up those papers, he kind of he he joins Donald, and you know, it, the the whole dynamic shifts downstairs but which i like yeah yeah and and that is certainly a lot of what what goes on in in, and the part of this movie that feels like you know a play is uh the it's sort of like the people stuck in the elevator kind of dynamic you know uh i i would say that in terms of the dysfunctional relationships I, i think vic and louise are fine frankly I don't think they were ever. I think it was like the relationship with the kids, really. Like yeah. Louise's relationship, like when she's like, "He called me mom." He called me mom. Yeah, because their concern with their dad is that he like trades wives every two years, and like Louise's, you know, expiration date is coming up. And so, like, I guess it, this is kind of like if we can just keep them in the basement till after midnight, they'll have made it. They'll break the curse. I don't know what their plan was, but. Right. Yeah, Louise, and we see this really early in the movie, which I love, is they establish totally outside of the Grover story that uh, Louise's stepkids don't take her seriously because she's just the stepmom. And and what I also thought was interesting is because Matt has these two stupid little brothers, these little Oof, overacting yeah. little kid actors, um, who clearly you know uh, don't have the time of day for Louise. But I feel like Matt kind of likes her. I feel like he's he's nicer to her, you know. Yeah, she's a she has stepmom energy, but it's like cool stepmom. It's even though she like smokes, like she she has like that Peg Bundy energy, uh-huh. but like she's not she doesn't really live in that world, I guess, as much as you think she might. Right, right. I agree. I don't I don't think that she's I think they could have painted her to be that kind of yeah, that grotesque almost kind of like smoking in a robe ah you kids get out of here kind yeah, of yeah like leopard print or something right. i do love that she has that like weave though that like uh that the extension oh, <laughs> yeah her wig. that oh. um that gwenna like rips out by accident she's like i didn't know louise oh that was so funny <laughs> after the squirt gun fight yeah and honestly like you know again like we've seen caroline aaron i mean obviously you know in hello my name is doris she's fantastic but i <sighs> feel like often she has very small roles and things and I don't watch Mrs. Maisel, so I don't. I know that That's she's right. obviously a bit of a bigger role in that. But I felt like all things being told, she got a she got kind of a nice little arc in this movie. I agree. One of my favorite roles, I feel. Yeah. Uh, of the few that I really, you know, I've seen her in everything, but I can't remember anything. <laughs> well, we are gonna have just have to do like a Caroline Aaron month where we just uh, we fill in the gaps. And we will not do any Maisel. So anybody listening. Ooh. That's a tall order. I feel like there has to be one episode where she shines, though. So maybe, maybe Mrs. Maisel fans. I don't know. Oh, she's so great with Kevin Pollack too. Well, so long as we don't have to watch any of Mrs. Maisel doing her stand up. Yes, we can. We we will. I will give you timestamps. Yeah, perfect. That's kind of like does the dog die? Like does Mrs. Maisel do standup.com? Like I just I... need to check. <laughs> For every episode. <laughs> oh, but gosh, Marin Hinkle is so good. I, we need a Marin Hinkle episode. I think. All right. Well, um, but you know, I'll work on you, it. Yeah, that's totally out of my wheelhouse. So I'll leave that to you. Okay. Um. So I'll leave the door open to the possibility and the chance that. 
Caroline Aaron. Of an Aaron April. A whole month of Aaron. An Aaron April. Aaron. Yeah. Well, you know, she does have a small, of course, but lovely little role in the movie Heartburn, which is full of BSAs. That's got uh, yeah. Joanna Gleason's in that. Catherine O'Hara Ooh. is in it. Um, obviously, Meryl Streep is in that. And alum of the podcast, the Gummer, the Gummer who was in Smash. Oh my gosh, baby Gummer, she's Mahatma Katy. Mahatma Katy as a baby, I believe it's her, unless it's unless it's uh, Mamie, uh, Meryl with these names, uh, unless it's Mamie, I, I believe it's it's Grace, it's uh, Gummy Gummer. I believe that that is her <laughs> playing Meryl's baby in Heartburn. So like, okay. It's full of BSAs. I'm putting that on the list. What was the other one? I can't remember the first one we talked about. Another 90s movie. Not Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. I have that and Heartburn and... Carpool? Was that it? We talked I mean, about a movie it. movie that we would consider doing, I thought. Oh, a movie... Oh. oh, yes. A movie that we would consider doing. I feel like when you're editing oh, this movie, you'll... True Lies. Oh, True Lies. Yeah, That's Keon right. has been screaming at the episode for yeah, the last I know, two right? minutes. It's True Lies! <laughs> 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 no reason to wait till November, though. <laughs> That's right. I know. Well, maybe at his half birthday. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe we'll say that if she wins the Oscar, we'll make that like the next movie we do. Whoa. You know what I mean? Like that'll be the the if that if Jamie Lee Curtis wins the Oscar, then we will do True Lies like right away. Yeah, that night. That night, immediately, <laughs> I'm going to turn off the Oscars before I even see who wins Best Actress and just start watching True Lies. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is that lovely moment for Louise when she, uh, what's the snakes? Donald, you know, attacks Matt while he's like fending them off with that, uh, that whatever that was, that taser, you know, contraption. Yeah, what? I remember it very specifically though. The tomato. The tomato. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so you know, Matt's fending them off while they're whatever they're doing outside. And then she, I guess, grabs him and, you know, pulls him off of Matt and and Matt's able to escape. And then, yeah, he once he closes the door, he goes, Mom, Mom, thanks. And and she has like kind of a cute little face moment of like, huh, he called me mom. And it's like I a know. really sweet moment. It is. It's like the early rasp is there. It's like she's definitely raspy now, but like the rasp was there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just I I think I rewatched parts of basically all of the Caroline Aaron and Tyne Daly parts of Hello, My Name is Doris oh recently because I just wanted to. And yep. I just, I love the part where she and Tyne Daly, she and Roz are in the kitchen doing the dishes on, I guess it's on Thanksgiving. And uh, Val makes that joke to Roz of like, after all, she's just a kid. And then they start laughing, talking about, yes. it's, it's this great little moment. Uh uh, anyway, Caroline Aaron. So uh, let's talk about Sheila McCarthy. Uh, the Really the true BSA of this movie. I think question. so. I think she, so, you know, she, her arc is obviously, you know, standing up to her, her bulldozer of a husband, Donald, uh, who we get the backstory that they met in law school and then he couldn't afford his tuition. So she dropped out and became a waitress to help invest in his tuition. Which is just like in another movie is just like some sad shit, you know? Yeah, that's like that's the one act play that I want to see. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's little Cindy Figler who who really stands up to Donald and, and inspires Gwenna to uh you know, shove some cake in his face. 
And I feel like Gwenna is, she's well liked. It's like she's just hanging out, hanging out with the wrong people. You know, she doesn't. I feel like she doesn't get out much. And like, I love the moment of like her and um, I'm looking at everyone's name here. Janet, Jamie Lee, yeah, yeah. So Janet walking around and talking about. You know, I use a little detergent and a little talcum powder. And Jamie Lee's like, and then do you blot or something like that? It's so funny. It's yeah, I I, I agree. I feel like even though she is at first a bit of a shrinking violet, it's um, yes. I mean, obviously, by the end, you know, spoiler alert to anybody, she uh, she and Donald don't get divorced. They become she but she goes back to her law career and they become law partners. And uh, and and I feel like she'll eventually divorce him. But, yeah, she she really comes back to life in that basement. I mean, one of my favorite lines, I don't know if you caught it. It was very quick is when they toss down the sleeping bags. Uh Uh-huh. And. I don't even know if it was scripted, but she holds one of the sleeping bags and she has this big goofy smile on. And she's like, sleeping bags from TJ. And she's just so excited about it at the same time. I I love her. I, I love her so much. I do remember. I remember her saying sleep, ooh, sleeping bags, but I didn't hear that last part. So, yeah, oh, that's I cute. think I had the subtitles on or something. Yeah. But, or even like she says, like, it worked after like uh, um, Gwen gave uh, Donald CPR. Just, oh, like, she's such a she's such a goober, but she's so much smarter than that, too. I think that was Cindy because I wrote that down. Oh, where, yeah, because Donald fakes having a heart attack to try to get the kids to let them out. And then. OK, good. Gwen is doing. It was Cindy. Yeah. And Gwen is like doing CPR. And then he's like, get off of me. And then off screen is Cindy. It worked. Which yeah, I was, I mean, I that felt. Too. Oh, thank you. I felt like that that was improvised. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is. I could see Jennifer Coolidge saying that too. Yeah, totally. Um, speaking of Jennifer Coolidge, did you see any of the ads? She's in this new like J Lo movie called like, uh, what's it called? Like Shotgun Wedding or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I. Oh, go on. I know she's in it, and I have, I have a story, but I I didn't want to interrupt. Her. Oh, just I mean, you know, I've only seen the trailer, and she kind of has like she gets to have like the button joke in the trailer, the like the Jennifer Coolidge moment in the trailer towards the end. Of course, and there was it's a part of yeah, yeah, and, and and there was a part of me that was like, okay, guys, I love her as much as the next guy, but like, I we we're gonna this happens with Jennifers. Look at Jennifer <sighs> Lawrence. Ugh. we need to be careful with our Jennifers. Jennifer Lawrence, even J Lo, yeah, you know? even J Lo. You know, you really you need to you need to just keep an eye on your. I Jennifer's. know, I'm worried. Yeah, I feel like it's very almost like the same energy of like Schitt's Creek and yep. like David and Alexis, and we got. I still little... love them, and I still love Annie Murphy. I always will, but it's like I I haven't watched any of them those episodes since I've. Watch them, I guess. I never did a rewatch. Yeah, I think it's gonna feel good to do a rewatch, maybe in like maybe later this year, because I haven't gone back and watched any of them. But I know that I'll go back and go, oh, oh, I forgot about these nuances, you know? Oh yeah, I mean they were there. We we did a whole episode on it. Maybe we'll do it on the anniversary of our Shit's Creek episode or something, because that was one of our first. Like the BSAs of, you know? Yeah, it was like that and then Steel Magnolias. We're like, oh, we could do Steel Magnolias too. And then, you know, yeah, a monster is born. To go back to the Jennifer Love Hugh, Jennifer Love Hugh, and she's another Jennifer. She's another Jennifer you got to be aware of, yeah. (laughs) The J-Lo movie, I have um, my two best friends from my hometown that I grew up with and went to high school with. Um, They are coming over my house um, this Friday 
of a sort of like a mom's retreat uh, because they both have one of them has three girls the other one has two boys and they both have dogs and we've been trying to get together forever and we're finally making it happen and Keon's out of town too so it's really like a true girls night you know like none of the significant others slash husbands and um I think it's going to be a fun night and it's like fun mom dinner. Who knows what's going to happen? Lucy's going to be there. We're going to jump into a lake, but they, Julie, my, one of my friends, she, she brought up that movie. She's like, we should totally watch it. And I'm like, I don't want to watch a movie though. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I will say this. If you do anything, especially once you're all there, I, I need you to do me like a huge favor. Yes. I need you to watch the music video for Rita Wilson's song, Girls Night In. Rita Wilson is in like Tom Hanks's. Yeah. Okay. Rita has a significant music career. She has a lot of music, like a significant amount of music. Rita has so much music. But Girls Night In is, I'm I'm not sitting here saying it's a good song. It is, it is a setting the table montage music. Okay. Like, uh, like truly you will be shocked that the song has not been used in a, like in a terrible movie montage, but the best part of the music, if of the music, if the song is the music video, uh, keep an eye out for Delia Efron looking incredibly uncomfortable. Oh my God. And there's a little cameo at the end. You're going to love. This is blowing my mind right now. I never even, I never knew this was even a thing. I just, of course I, wouldn't though i yeah. mean I, I, how lucky how lucky you are that you have how this, lucky how I lucky am, you are yes. um i'm gonna text you and remind you on front you have to i'm telling you uh, i don't want to play it up but i just think it's so like i don't know if these ladies partake but get really stoned and watch this video i can't wait i often joke with Keon that we should just like make it a business idea to like it's almost like a gay version of Airbnb where you just come over and Keon, like you walk in, there's a pair of slippers waiting for you, a new pair of pajamas and like the wine's ready. If you drink, you know, we got some weed if you want that, some snacks and we could just talk. We can watch a movie. And then the next morning, like you give, you give your like Starbucks order and we'll go out and get it to give it to you. I think it'd be great. Mom's retreat. I, I think you're almost a paid escort, but I think in the legal way. In a way. In a, but in a, in a legal way. I think it's all the legal yeah. stuff. Yeah. Let's just hang out and, uh, you know, bullshit. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I think the idea of, like, I'm hosting mom's retreats at my house and there's a dog here. And there's a dog. I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on now. I mean, yeah. Now, come on now. <laughs> Wendy. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. I, so anyway, anyway, yeah, we'll see. This will be the pilot version of it this Friday. But yeah. Um, I, I, there was something else about Gwenna. Um, no, I think that was it. I was, I'm looking through my quotes cause I just wrote almost everything she said. Oh, I, no, there is, um, Gwenna Krupp homemaker. Like yeah. that is the mo- that is the moment in the group therapy session when Donald like shuts her down and she just goes inside of herself. That I was going to say now, com- that is the moment now. Come on now. When yes. Gwenna wins it is, you know, uh, Grover for anyone who has not watched the movie is, kind of conducting intros you know around the circle of of the group therapy and you know he's in the living room and they're focusing the camera on each of them and when donald is introducing himself gwenna 
corrects him and he gets very you know stymied by that and and shuts her down and Grover's oh no you know uh Mrs. uh Mrs. Krupp what what is it you said and then she just has this I mean again like put so much more meat into this than I think the movie needed but just this devastating look on her face and she just says Gwenna Krupp help me and uh, oh it's so good yeah I want that I want like a t-shirt that says that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or like a name tag at least. Yeah, or maybe a mug, you know? I feel like it has, uh, a, has a mug quality, you know? I know, best supporting mugs. Best supporting mug, a Gwenna Krupp mug. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that like, Krupp is like a brand. Krupp's. I was going to say, is like it? coffee machine I think it actually something. is a coffee brand, yeah. Oh my gosh, there we go. It's already written in. Yeah, right? Yeah. I feel like they could do a little crossover. Um, I know. Yeah. Oh, Why oh, leave oh, the house when you've got Krupp's coffee? <laughs> you'll find the flavor arresting and it's Gwenna getting ready for her day as the lawyer though. as the lawyer yeah yes. yeah um maybe like it's Gwenna in her like floral you know homemaker outfit but then as the cup gets warm with coffee then the red negligee <gasps> robe appears oh my god <laughs> and then when it cools down it goes back to lawyer just like, yes yeah. yeah oh that is great if only we had the technology to do it or something. I don't know. Yeah, I can't. You know, maybe I can make an NFT. <laughs> Is that how, to, how do you do that? You know, I don't even know what they are. It's like trying to explain the cloud. Yeah, I have no idea. Like, if if there was a if there was a gun to my head and someone said, "Explain blockchain," tell me what crypto means. I would be like, "Well." Nope. Do I get a final meal? You know, I know. Just find any straight man at a bar and he'll tell you all about right? it or a party. Why did you That's ask so me? You know, I know. Yeah. So, Oof. so many straight men who want to tell you about crypto right now. Yikes. Yeah. Um. So those are those are the poor crops. And then, you know, I feel like Cindy Figler, I'll say this. This is another one where I don't think any resolution was made with Brooke's mother other than putting her in of what in one of Janet's old like ball gowns. Yeah, she's a I like her in the movie. She, I mean, if anything she like we said before, she helps Gwenna really come into her own and I love that. I love them as like a a duo. But I I don't know what the problem is. First of all, Jennifer Love Hewitt, she's great. She's such like a spunky little teenager and I do love when she's like crying in the library. That was like a core memory for me. Mm. Um but I don't know what the problem is. She says, like, my mom goes on dates with me or something. Like, I get mom trying to be young, but she's also, like, this new age sort of, um, what's that, uh, the, the, the name of the school where, like, n- there are no rules. Oh, Montessori. No yeah, Montessori yeah. school, yeah. Uh, sort of, I don't know. What do you, what do you make of well, it? Well, I you know it's funny you mentioned Jennifer Coolidge because I kind of feel like there's like a Stifler's mom energy about her as yes. well. That she's also like she, at one point she kind of like does the elevator eyes on TJ. Like she's definitely um, yeah she's she's got an itch she needs to scratch, and you know she's willing to she's willing to dance with the you know. Uh, with the you know whatever the, the age of consent with the is, devil. yeah, with the devil, so to speak, yeah. Um, but there, yeah, there really is no resolution with Cindy. I'm happy she's there, but I really feel like once the dust settles, I just think she's gonna get back into her baby doll dresses. You know, I know it's like almost too short. Poor, poor Jennifer, or poor 
whatever her name is. I'm scrolling. Oh, Brooke? Uh, Brooke Figler? Brooke. Brooke, Brooke Figler. Figler. Yeah. I feel like Cindy Figler would be a name that I say, I would say like Findy Sigler. <laughs> I, like, I don't know why my brain, like I, I have a couple words, like I, I have to really think about the word coin toss. I sometimes say toin toss. Oh, sure. Like yeah. Something's wrong with my brain and I should probably get it checked out. But it doesn't happen all the time, but uh, with certain words like that. I mean, you know, it, it could just be like, a brain injury, you know, it could be there. It is. Be... I mean, if everyone, if if this is a sign of something, listeners, you know, reach out. Yeah, if, <laughs> but if you're listening to, a, I hope I'm okay. A troubling diagnosis. Please feel free to tell us. Uh, I did hit my head off the table the other day. Lucy was getting into something, and I bonked it really hard. And uh, it was a moment. We've we've been through it this week playing you, single mom, but um, it has we're making rough, it happen. You know, I mean, yeah. you you do need that mom's retreat. Yeah, I do. I need it just as much as uh, as Nikki and Julie. So yeah. it's going to be great. Um, speaking of which, Marco needs to get down. Thank you. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. I don't remember inviting you. I'll give you more cat food in a bit. Um, but yeah, and so ultimately, I feel like uh, also Jennifer Love Hewitt. I, I mean, like I. I I, I I feel like I only really know her from the I Know You Did Last Summer movies, and I guess Can't Hardly Wait was the other one, but I never really got into Can't Hardly Wait. Yeah, I don't know. I always get it confused with, like, two other movies, that movie. Yeah, right. I mean, it's, you know, uh, that's a fair point. But, yeah, I, I've always felt like she was... I don't know. I think back to like, I know what you did last summer and I always thought, Oh, Nev Campbell was better at this thing at this role you're doing, you know? Yes. She's no Sydney Prescott. I'll tell you that she's much. Not. But yeah. What is that movie? What she's like in some TV show. She was in hot in Cleveland. Um, I feel like there was a move, a uh, TV show that she had been in like where recently she, that where she was like the psychic who could talk to dead people. The ghost whisperer. The there's ghost that. Whisperer. And there's the client list. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what's crazy this ties back to our conversations back in the day when we did Grey's Anatomy she's been on 77 episodes of 911 whoa yeah 911 a show that I've seen 0 times hey hey oh yeah uh yeah same yeah a show that features Oscar nominee Angela Bassett oh my god I know I can't wait to talk about her in the after show yeah I, I truly think I think it's going to happen. I I feel like, you know, all roads are are leading us. What a shakeup. Yeah. To really getting more Angela Bassett on this podcast, apparently. Yeah. Um, Not a problem. Speaking of which, I'm just looking at the cast of 911. Tracy Toms is in it. You love her. I love Tracy Toms. She was in Rent, right? She was. Yeah. And Devil Wears Prada. Devil Wears Prada. She was that friend. A bunch of other movies. Yeah. I feel like she pops up every... I'm always excited to see her. I think she's so talented. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll do a nine one one episode. There's even nine one one Lone Star, you know. Something tells me you might be seeing her next week. Uh oh, <laughs> next week. <laughs> Little Easter egg. Oh my god, I can't even imagine. Okay, I won't even think about it because I want you to just yeah. reveal it. I don't want to like okay. guess it in my brain. I love that. Um, yes. Oh god, god, I already did. Um, yeah, because I. <laughs> Oh no! I was I was surprised. I was like, I think he'll he'll get it, but I you know I, got, I couldn't contain my excitement. But wow, more on that next week. Well, there's or the after show. Yeah, really. there's no week, but next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! 
Um, was there anyone else in this movie that, I mean, I, th- I do want to circle back to little Grover at maybe as where yes. coming around the river bend, because I think that he is besides the fact that adult Kyle Howard is, a, is gorgeous. And in the past, we've talked about the Kings that we've encountered on this podcast, the men that <gasps> we've found. This is a tricky one because it's not Kyle Howard in house arrest, but Kyle Howard from house arrest is monkey qualities like galore. And I would like to put on the King list. Well, didn't we come up with a prince list as well? I thought we did a prince. Oh, right, where people are like, "You're not quite yeah. a king. You're a p- oh." They were princes. Who was our first prince? I, I think Cooper Rafe might have been a prince. I think he was our first prince. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, you know, Kyle Howard, both present and in house arrest, is is definitely prince territory. Yeah, princes, princes and kings. Yeah, he's a great actor. I was really impressed by him. I think he has that. 90s kid energy down but like i don't know he was just convincing even in you know the storming off on the bike it's hard to do that and like not feel like a you know you're not like getting into a car you're just like hopping on your bike but Mm -hmm. i i really thought he was great and has to carry this movie in a lot of ways so yeah and i and i liked you know and maybe this goes back to the writing Uh, you know i like the idea that they they've kind of supported this idea he has of running group therapy by him being this like you know, I, I don't know, high school freshman who's reading, like, self-help books from the 80s. You know? I know. And, like, watching oh, his tie. Yeah. Like, he just, he's, I like that that's, some, like, an interest that he has, that he's reading the, like, you know, controlling your anger and things like that. Um, he, yeah, he's a sweet little nerd. Absolutely. He is. I think he's a cutie. I feel like he would have gotten through middle school slash high school, like, just fine, you know? Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got to make it. And I think him and... Brooke make a great couple. Glad they they met up. Oh, because the ad that does turn into, uh, you know, by the end becomes a a real thing, and including like it wouldn't be the '90s if everyone didn't clap while they kissed. <gasps> oh yeah, because they're in the like the lunchroom yep. or something, right? Yeah, oh, my God. yeah. And everybody claps. I just and everybody claps always. It always gets me right in my. It's like ugh. Um, it's almost as bad as a musical montage of setting the table. Uh, I know. And, it, I I found my note on that. It sounds like Ants Marching by Dave Matthews Band. Oh, it's almost yeah. like the same chord structure and like the weird like bow, 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 bow. Uh huh. <laughs> Just sort of hokey pokey music. Yes, absolutely. That's a that's a great reference point for anyone who hasn't seen this movie and doesn't know these songs. It has an, a, a Dave Matthews, you know. Uh, energy that uh is it's real strong it it is have you did you have a dave matthews era because i did it wasn't hardcore but i I was into him for a bit i feel like everyone was but what about you i feel like i personally wasn't but i feel like my mom had that under the table and dreaming album on cassette and i feel like i remember like listening to that in the car with her and Ooh. then later in life, I think I realized that I do like one of his songs. <gasps> I, Which one? I is do it? like that song, "Satellite." Oh, it's. Great. I think that's a I, great song. It is good. It's like um, I don't know what to compare it to because I'm sure, like the, the Dave Matthews Band fans are are mighty. There's that like symbol, you know what I mean? That like it almost looks like a ballerina. Oh yeah, like, when you see it on someone's car, and he's. St- I feel like he still does stuff. But I was I was so into him in college. My favorite song is a song called "Fool to Think," 
Oh, I don't know. And I remember I put it in my AIM profile all the time. <laughs> um, but it's good. And I, I do love, I mean, I even love Crash. Like, I feel like a lot of people categorize it as like the Olive Garden of music. But, right. like, you know, it, it's it's still good. And I, I still appreciate it. I feel like when Dave Matthews came out, when some of those songs came out, I feel like I almost associated, like, it was like Dave Matthews Band and Hootie and the Blowfish as like, and I know they're yeah. very different, but like they almost were like the Coke and Pepsi of like that kind of music to me at the time. For sure. Dave Matthews Band was like my, I went to concerts when I was in middle school and high school. I'm not even middle school. I was a nerd. I like, I never really wanted to go. I, I wasn't into anyone. I was listening to like Broadway cast recordings, but I did go see Dave Matthews Band at like in Penn State and it was great. We had a great time. Everyone was stoned. I was not. I should have been. But um, right. I uh, it was a great. I So I always say like that's my first concert when people ask me that question. And you were how old? I think I was like a freshman or sophomore in college. Oh. So I was old. Yeah. yeah. But like I feel like everyone always went to concerts when they were like people going to see like I wanted to go see NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, but I couldn't say it out loud. Oh, know? of course. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I was too afraid to go to concerts until like at some point in college. Like it just because I guess when I was a kid growing up in New Jersey, not that they didn't have concerts in New Jersey, but like a lot of times it was going into the city to see a concert. And that seemed terrifying. Yeah. Because like your parents have to take you or like the there yeah i speaking of concerts um keon myself and my friend jamie are all going to see lizzo in may and i'm so excited oh wow oh that'll She's be coming to pittsburgh oh my goodness that's gonna be an yeah. event yeah i think it's gonna be a great time i need to brush up on her second album which is good i just like started to listen to it and then like you know the beyonce album came out and then my whole world was changed so um but i love lizzo and I hope she does a lot from their first album. She has to. Oh, yeah. What was that one that I love? Jerome. Jerome. Yeah. Um, you know, it just, you know, it, it's no comparison to Lizzo, but it is worth mentioning that terrible music that's in this movie, one of the songs is sung by Jennifer Love Hewitt. <gasps> it's good to know that I'm alive. I'm pretty sure that was actually the setting the table montage song. Whoa. Yeah. And I, I kind of. And I think it's ahead. the song during the closing credits as well. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I kind of, that makes, that rings a bell that she had a music career or like, you know, had a couple songs, but I, I don't really remember any of them. Oh, so she did. Jennifer Love Hewitt did have a music career. Oh, she had, there was a song, I have to look it up because, you know, there are people screaming at their phones, maybe even Keon again, who were like, she had one song that was a big hit. Jennifer. I feel like, mm -hmm. yeah, that really does ring a bell. I feel like, I feel like anyone who kind of is actress going into music always has at least one it's like good in a bad way or good in a good way yeah this one i think was oh so and it was on the i still know what you did last summer soundtrack how do i deal great song great Ooh. song <gasps> it's gonna play us off today that's what's I gonna can't happen wait. yeah that's what's gonna happen uh i mean i would have done dave matthews band i mean maybe i should but you know maybe for no, your birthday yeah um, I do. I know we're wrapping up too, but one of the things that I really loved about this, um, like as far as even Ned and Janet, first of all, when the cops came, there was too much slow motion. I was like, why is everything in slow motion? It was like eight minutes of everyone walking around the yard. Oh, right. At the end. It was so weird. Yeah, and, it, but I did love, you know, Louise with her, like her hair. She's holding it. And, like, <laughs> holding her out. wig. Like, yeah. 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 She looked excited. Um, but when Ned and Janet, like, 
it kind of reminds me of Parks and Rec where um, where Leslie and Ben say I love you and I like you. It's like a, just like a really cute way to, you know, give it some zhuzh. Mm-hmm. And the way that they both kind of told each other that they like you in this movie was like, you love me very much. It's like it's like they were like saying it to each other and then he says it to her and you love me too. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought it was kind of cute and like indifferent and I, I just wanted to give that a little bit of a moment. Yeah, no, I noticed that too, that it, like their way of, of saying it was like, you know, yeah, recognizing that the other one loved them, which I thought was, yeah, you know, uh, I thought said a lot that this is like between two people who've been married for almost 20 years. And it kind of like, it's, it's, you believe that it's saved because when she explains, she's like, he just told me that that's what you do. Like the lawyer told me to do that. And he, he said, you were probably doing the same. And he's like, well, I wasn't. Yeah. And he storms off. But it, it kind of, I don't know. This script is great. <laughs> it really, and it was so much better than I had remembered. It really, you know, I think I, I expected so much more of what the montage felt like that I was like, oh, this is, or I was expecting so much more of like Chief Rocco inter, you know, trying to, Oh God! You know, yeah. intervene that I was like, oh, I, because carpool, for example, is very wacky, like wacky, 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 in the way that I think this movie is refreshingly not. So, uh, the uh, one more thing I want to mention, I don't know if you noticed this, that when Grover is narrating kind of the epilogue of everyone's lives, Louise is pregnant. What? Yeah, and she talks about how you know how Vic and Louise are still together, and they have another you know, uh, and they have they're expecting another little surprise or something like that. That's crazy. I'm gonna because like I I feel like it's that trick of the eye where it's like Caroline Aaron just always feels like she's 56. You right. Know what I mean, right. Totally. In every movie. But I'm gonna look up her um her B day. And then we'll do some math here. Find out, yeah. Like, how old was is Louise in 1996 getting knocked up by old Wallace Shawn? What's he pumping okay, so out? She was, I know, right? She was 44 because um, she was born in 52, right? Yeah. That's 96 insane that that's how they are showing us what 42 is. Or 46 yeah. or anything 40s. Like, yeah. it's just nuts. <laughs> I know. That's like where we almost are. You know yeah. what I mean? I feel like 40 is just like creeping up on us but uh yeah um yeah actors who are 40 are. now are like uh, who what michelle williams <laughs> yeah, right. yeah i know I think she might be i 40. love looking up people's ages yeah yeah Actresses. yeah crazy well good for her i uh, you know i and she, she quit smoking so that'll be really good for the baby i know i love that yeah Oh man, house arrest! This was. Th- thank you for thank you for letting you know, birthday girl's choice happen. I'm you know. I think it's your best one yet. We've come a long way since Queen Bees. Yeah, Queen or Queen Bee. Whatever Queen it was. Bees. Yeah, that was a real just kind of like, whoa, let's do this. Let's do this one. And it was like, it's your birthday. Like, why don't you do something you want to do? And I liked Queen Bees, but I don't think I liked it as much as this. And. Yeah, and the revelation that we have—don't tell mom the babysitter said—that you have that in your future as a fresh watch, is so exciting and is a gift in and of itself. Ah, uh, happy birthday to everyone! Happy birthday to everybody! And you know, now here we are. How do I deal with this birthday? How do I deal with turning thirty-eight? How do I deal with the fact that we're being played off right now by Jennifer Love Hewitt? 
but isn't the song called How Do I Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I was like, wait, is he doing that on purpose? It was just so seamless. <laughs> uh, you know, can I say? You know, um, <laughs> you're so you're you're so old and wise now. I'm and you're so old and I'm so wise. <laughs> <laughs> and I am so done with this episode. And I'm so being played off. Um, well, where can folks find more of you? They can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast, or you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kuchanov. How about y'all? Well, you can find me on All Right Mary, currently covering season 15 of RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, or you can find me on Instagram at Drucker underscore. And of course, you can find more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Instagram at BSA Pod. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. And keep your Oscar-nominated peepers peeled because the Best Supporting After Show is just around the corner, and we are going to talk about the nominations that have just come out, including some names we may have discussed just in this episode today, uh, including and, and and some other things I've got. I know I've got on my list that we're going to check in. We've got assignments, Salesforce updates, maybe we got callbacks. Oh, oh my goodness, we've got big life updates. There's a lot going on, and so it's going to be great. If you want access to that, and would have wanted to get early access to this episode, but would get early access to future episodes, so it all works out in the end. Uh, just join us at Patreon.com/slash/BSAPod. Yeah, you can also listen to Smash if you're into that. That's right. You could listen to Smash with Mahatma Katie. That's right. It all comes around full circle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, folks. I believe that that, as they say, is that. Is that.